0: Hey guys, this is Josh. Um, Just wanted to give a little info about this episode. Um, This isn't a new one that we're recording this week. Um, This actually is the very first one that we recorded when we started. Um, I kind of just kept it under lock and key because of, mostly because of the quality. We didn't really have great equipment. (laughs) Well, we kind of still don't really, but (laughs) it's better than it sounded at the beginning. Um, We didn't have any of the jingles, any of that. Um, But we didn't really have time to get to a new one this week so i wanted to go ahead and release this one while we'll trying to get it sounding as good as we can um i was really proud of the content of it I, I liked the topic badass kids so i'm happy we get to release this one anyways um but just beware that uh yeah it might not sound as great as the others but um i still really like this episode and uh, hopefully you guys will too and we'll be back next week with a new one thanks and here's a typical topical it's the
1: show where the topics are topical, but not typical. This is atypically topical with Mindy and
0: Josh. Be like Aaron, like, "Are we rolling?" <laughs> <laughs> um, Does he do that huh? on the Game Grumps? Like,
2: oh, I thought I meant your Aaron. Oh, no,
0: sorry, my Aaron. Yeah. Anyways, welcome to the Untitled <laughs> Podcast Project. Yeah. Ooh, the Mindy Project! Oh, wait, that's already a thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then it just be only about me.
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) just leave you out of it.
0: (laughs) uh, Anyways, um, so the idea behind this one is we're just going to be talking about um, past, present, and maybe future interesting stories or crazy stories or just like interesting things in general, right?
2: Yeah, Uh, like surrounding like a certain topic.
0: Yeah, and um, I mean, hopefully we can find something. Um, based on one topic for each time period,
2: <laughs> and if we don't like the yeah, it's our it's our own thing. Yeah,
0: it's just kind of a uh, for fun because um we found some interesting things that the other would probably like and want to see their reaction to. So, um the the one for this week is um kid badasses, I guess, yeah. or badass kids.
2: Which it, it doesn't matter which way you say it. it
0: <laughs> There's it's always gonna be badass. It's always entertaining, yeah. And, um, I don't know yet if we're gonna switch back and forth, like, past and present, or well, what, how we're doing. Well, but,
2: I feel like it'd be better if we just start with the past.
0: Well, no, I mean, like, who does what.
2: Oh, well. Because,
0: okay. yeah, you like history more.
2: Yeah, I love but, history. Yeah.
0: At the same time, I don't know how many present, like, stories will be.
2: Should we worry about that bar filling up?
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's going to stop after we get to that much. I guess
2: guess we'll figure it out. I guess
0: we'll find out. I mean, we should just banter until then. (laughs) (laughs) Because if we start a story, then that's not going to matter.
1: That's true.
0: Um, We we can talk about, um, did I say my name is Josh and you're Mindy?
1: No.
0: (laughs) I guess I didn't. But Um, no, you did. That's a good, okay, yeah. That's what the whole Mindy Project thing was about. So, yeah. I'm Josh, and this is Mindy.
2: Hi. Almendra. Almendra. But, but Mindy.
0: Yeah. People, just, but white
2: people. And... Yeah.
0: Which is the majority of podcast listeners. Mean. Yeah. That's
2: true. <laughs> well, I don't know maybe there's some Mexicans uh, like Tony <laughs> Bang, Bang You don't know. You're one of them.
0: That's true. I do enjoy various podcasts. Yeah. But, okay, so we're at about a few seconds until this bar, which I'm assuming goes to three minutes. Um... Is up, so we'll have to see what happens, because if it stops, then we have to figure out why. (laughs) It can only record in three-minute segments.
2: That'd be dumb. Yeah.
0: No, that would not be... That can't be a thing. Yeah. Okay, let's see what happens here. All right, two, one, and three. Listeners tend to prefer short-form audio. Consider making your episodes out of shorter segments. Oh, okay. So it kept going, though. Yeah. I'm sure you can... (laughs) Um, add them all together later, I guess, or sure. join them. I mean, this is not going to go out to anyone, probably. So, this is just for our enjoyment. Plus, the audio is probably not great. Okay. Um, but I guess we should start um, okay. without further ado. You can get into your badass kid of the past.
2: Okay. Well, before I start this, I, I, I like. I used to watch this show not a lot, but it's called Mysteries at the Museum, and so they would like take different artifacts for a museum and like go about the history about it Mm -hmm. and it was entertaining and I need to watch more of it um but I was looking I remember the story really stuck out to me and I was trying to look for the episode online and I couldn't find it anywhere and I was like did I did I dream that (laughs) up did that happen but I googled it, it and like the story is true but I just can't find the episode on it so this is from other... It's positions. like that
0: effect where it's like, did that even exist? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. So Mandela
0: effect? Man- Mandela? Yeah, man-
2: yeah, Mandela effect. Yeah. Um,
0: that needs to be a topic one, one week, because that's always in a, like interesting to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. we'll
0: figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: and so, okay, so this is a this is story of a boy. His name is Motel Schlein? Schlein? I don't know, he's from... Motel? Ukraine. No. <laughs> how do you say it? Are how do you it? spell it? M-O-T-E-L-E.
0: I mean, it Mo- sounds like Motel. <laughs> 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 but motel. is it German? It, gem- no, it's Ukrainian.
2: Wait, Ukrainian. wait a minute. I have the guy at the recording saying it.
0: Okay.
2: Let
1: me
0: see. Motole.
2: Motole. Okay. Motole. There we go.
0: Let's see how long that lasts.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, he lived in a small Ukrainian town called Krasnov. Christmas something like that? Okay. And in this town, they, there was only two Jewish families. It was his family who were flour grinders, and they made a, like, a... Wait, the, did
0: you say when this was?
2: Yes, yes Okay. Okay. Um, so they made a, like, a poor living, while the Grinsteins were more wealthy because they... Definitely
0: Jewish. Yeah.
2: <laughs> because they they their profession was processing um, beet sugar and selling it. So at a young age... um. Uh-huh. Motelam, What is it? Uh-huh. Yeah, Motelam. He he had a really he had an interest in music, and so when he was eight, the Grinsteins like I guess like since they're both Jewish, they're like well we gotta stay close, and mm-hmm. so they invited him to live in their home and to teach him how to play in musical instruments, and then eventually they he really, he learned that he really liked the violin. Okay. And so.
0: Oh, I've heard. You mentioned yes. something about yeah. this before.
2: And so, and so after a while, Mrs. Greenstein, his brother, offered him to teach him violin for free. And he was like, cool. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to 1941. And do you know what would happen? What happened? I about
0: mean, it? Uh, lots of horrible German stuff. <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. I think
0: that's the technical name. of
2: mm-hmm. You're gonna, I'm going to tell you about one of those horrible things um, he did. okay. Okay, so one day he was returning back home from his violin lesson when he saw Nazis in, at, his ho- at his home. Um, luckily, he saw them, and he was able to hide um, behind some trees, but then he heard gunshots.
0: Okay, didn't take long.
2: Yeah, and so um, he ran into the woods with his violin, but it, the Nazis killed his mom and his dad and his sister. Oh. So they're dead, obviously, because they're Jewish. So
0: It's totally like the Glorious Bastard scene. Yeah. When only that one girl gets away.
2: Uh, yeah. And it's gonna be as bad as
0: <laughs> Okay. Well. Alright.
2: Uh, and so, so it's a
0: lot to live up to. She burned down the whole theater. Spoiler well, alert. Spoiler alert.
2: <laughs> well you see.
0: Okay, sorry.
2: Um okay, so he runs into the woods and he meets up with this like legendary partisan brigade called Uncle Mishla's Jewish group. Um and this group is just like a a group of armed Jewish resistors mm-hmm. that led, thats led by a man called Uncle Misha. So he's with this group, and he learns how to like use and take care of weapons and stuff like that.
0: It's getting more and more like the movie.
2: And he—he he also plays violin for the members in their camp, and so they're like, "Oh, this is <laughs> awesome!" And so he's entertaining and stuff. And so in August of 1943, um, when Mo- Motilel is 12, Uncle Misha starts planning up this um, plan to infiltrate a, a town in the Ukraine called it? Something like that? Whatever. It's <laughs> um, so not important. He sent a group of the partisans to spy on the town before they make their entrance into the town. Um, so along with that group of people, he sent Motolel, who has disguised himself as a performer, and he stood. I guess because like, back in those times like, there was beggars in front of churches and they would like, beg for money. Yeah. And so he would... Um, who would be with them, and he would, like, play the violin and pretend to be a beggar, but really what he was doing, he was um, watching out for the other part, and since just in case, like, one of them got in trouble with, like, the police or something, Mm -hmm. he could go back to the camp and tell Uncle Misha what's going on, and they could deal with it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, okay, this guy's a beggar. Okay. So, when he's on the street playing the violin, um there's a huge crowd of people that come a- around him because okay. he's so talented yeah. at the violin the people are like, "Oh, dude, this kid is awesome." And so one of the people in the crowd was a Nazi officer, so it goes through the crowd of people and he ends up right in front of him mm. and he doesn't notice mm-hmm. because he's like all into the song, his eyes yeah. closed, and it wasn't until like he tapped the uh Nazi officer tapped his shoulder that he, like, realized it was him, and he, like, you know, kind of freaked out uh-huh. a little bit. And like he stood up and, like, bowed to the officer and stuff like that. Um, And so the only thing the officer said was, like, come with me. And, I mean, when the Nazi, t- Nazi yeah. officer tells you to come with you, you can't really say no.
0: Yeah, That's- you're kind of, uh, you kind of just got to go with it. <laughs>
2: yeah, and plus they would blow his cover. Um, So, like, after a few blocks, they come to this restaurant slash soldier club, Um, and there's a lot of these places around Europe, and it's basically just a place where Nazis would, like, hang out, enjoy French wine, go make food, music, Ukrainian waitresses, Mm etc. you know, kind of like Archer, you know, the German dudes are just, like, (laughs) drinking and hanging out.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's one of those situations. And so the officer, thinking that uh, Motolel is just like an ethnic Ukrainian and not Jewish, mm-hmm. um, offers him a job Ooh. at the restaurant. So time
0: to infiltrate. I'm, I'm thinking.
2: Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> what he what he did what he does was he would just play the violin at the soldiers' club for lunch and dinner. Um, and so he really didn't have a choice in accepting it or not. Because, again, if he said no, he might break his cover. Mm-hmm. So he accepted the job. And it wasn't a bad job. Like, he earned some money and got free lunch and dinner. So, I mean, it's not that bad of a gig for a 12-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> um, so every day he'd go to the soldiers' club and play music. And the Nazis loved him. <laughs> because not only, like, was he a great... Violinist, but you know they really—he hated Jews. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he like befriended them, <laughs> even though he hated them because they killed his <laughs> family. Um, and they loved him so much they like got a German uniform and cap tailored oh, for him. Yikes. That's how much they loved him. And so while working with the Nazis, um, he wasn't just playing the violin; he was also eavesdropping on their conversations and taking note of like, the officers and the differences in their uniforms and, um, you know, trying to get information where they're going to had dispatch more troops at the West and mm-hmm. all this good information. And so he relays that information back to the partisans to so have communication with the Red Army. So he's
1: yeah. like a spy, essentially. Yeah.
2: And so one day after he's eating his lunch in the kitchen basement, Maltala noticed a dimly corridor from the kitchen. Um, there was a door that had been less slightly open. so. Being a kid, he goes to investigate what's behind the door, and he finds an abandoned room, uh, like a storeroom that's just like has some like some random barrels and like bottles and yeah. like, just random trash in there. And he notices that along one of the walls, he saw a jagged uh, crack. And um, yeah. and and once he saw that crack, he came up with the most badass baddest idea that any twelve year year olds ever thought
1: of.
2: <laughs> so um. Okay, so what his plan was, he wanted to fill the crack up with explosives, blow up the building, and kill all the Nazis
0: inside. Sounds solid.
2: Yeah. So every night, um, for about a week, Volta would go downstairs, have dinner in the basement kitchen after a shift, finish dinner, go to the storage room, take out his violin (laughs) from its case and and hit it in a barrel, take the empty violin case back to camp, Um, and then come and fill it with a few pounds of explosives, and then come back to the soldiers club, and (laughs) then put the explosives in the crack of the wall. Dang. And once he got about, like, 40 pounds of explosives in this crack, he made it bigger, so he could put (laughs) more in there.
0: (laughs) What? How much is he trying to...
2: He, he, he hates Nazis.
0: Yeah, I mean, naturally.
2: Yeah. And so, um... So on, on mornings, too. Yeah. <laughs> so on mornings, he would go to the river that borders the Soldier Club, and he would pretend to swim or fish. But really, what he was doing, he was trying to find a shallow area, a, a shallow enough area so he can make his escape out of town, so he could like swim across the uh, the river and get to the other side. Mm, okay.
0: Lake. So he's making that strategy too.
2: Mm-hmm. So the only part of the plan that he like wasn't sure about was when to blow the <laughs> the Soldier Club up, but then he saw the perfect opportunity mm. when a bunch of SS officers stopped by the soldier's restaurant on their way to the Western Front. And if you don't know, SS officers, they started off as like personal bodyguards to okay. Hitler, but oh. then later became one of, the, one of the most powerful and feared organizations in Europe. So they're a big deal,
0: man. It's like everything's falling into place. It's almost like the Nazis had bad karma coming to them, yeah, <laughs> for for whatever reason. Because well, it know. started with like a, a Nazi saw him like on the street. It just like the opportunity came to him. Like he didn't yeah. even plan it out there. I'm sure mm-hmm. he was just playing, and all of a sudden,
2: well, if you're a really good, music, music, not music, musician,
0: <laughs> magician,
2: musician, magician, yeah, you can, yep. Yeah. Yeah, they'll you attract know,
0: opportunities like uh, like this one. I just yeah. I mean it's funny how everything's falling into his lap. Which mm-hmm. is, I mean, he deserves it. Really. And
2: he, again, he's twelve. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, um, go on.
2: Um. So, so that day, the soldiers' club was super busy, and there's so many high-ranking officers, and uh, Motala didn't get a break from playing the whole day because they just wanted to be entertained by him, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so he was like, his fingers were so tired, his eyes were watering because of the cigar smoke. But he continued playing into the night. So he is very determined mm-hmm. to see this through. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Um, so once he was able to leave, he went to the basement kitchen and told the cook that he was so tired that he just wanted to go home and rest. But instead, he went to the hallway. He felt his way through that little hallway, found the mm-hmm. door, and uh, closed it behind him. He went in, ignited the fuse ran up the stairs and out the hallway, um, but as he was sleeping, he was like a, really cocky. <laughs> <laughs> he took a pause. He
0: just like put a cigarette from his mouth and threw it backwards. No, wait
2: a minute. <laughs> so there was a guard guarding the, um, the soldier uh, place, whatever, mm-hmm. and he like stopped. and He, 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 was, he did like a hell Hitler real quick to the soldier. <laughs> That's, like, a sarcastic one again. Yeah. So, they like, yeah, hell, Hitler, fuck you guys. Yeah. And then the guard was like, oh, the motel, like, I'm still a kid, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. So after doing that, like, he booked it. He, like, af- and then after a few yards of running, he felt the ground shake and the windows shatter. But he couldn't celebrate because he had to go make it to this river to escape.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so
2: when he reached the river, he jumped in. But as he was swimming, he was holding his violin above his head, so he, so, he, so it wouldn't get damaged by the water. So there's this, like, 12-year-old kid swimming after blowing up a bunch of Nazis, with a violin, like, holding a violin in the <laughs> air while like, trying to swim. Jeez. Um, and, so, and then when he reached the end of the river, um, some of Uncle Mishnas Parsons like, took him out and then put him in the back of the carriage and so, so we, they could escape. And in the carriage, he's, like, he's just sitting there because he's, like, processing, like, everything just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in shock and things like that. And, and, um, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and then he, like, he clenches his fist and raises his hand in the air, and he says, this is for my parents and my sister. <laughs> and so, yeah, he killed all those Nazis.
0: That's, uh, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, he did not survive the war. Wow. Yeah. When he was 14, he was killed during a German bombardment. Let's edit so. that out. <laughs> we'll
0: no. Cut that out. Kidding.
2: no, but luckily, Uncle Mishnah, he took his violin and he took it to Israel. and.
1: Oh, that's cool. So. And,
2: and when he died in 1958, the violin was forgotten for many decades. Mm-hmm. until it was restored by a master instrument maker in Israel and oh, donated cool. to the Yad. Bashim, Bashim, something like that, and Israel's official uh, memorial to the victims of the Kalahaz, um,
1: <laughs> Holocaust. <laughs>
2: um Holocaust. Yeah, and now, like, now it's known as Bolton violent and continues to be played in concerts several times a year. That's awesome. So, like, over 60 years later, it's still yeah. being played and stuff, so.
0: Dang. That's that's intense, man. Yeah. D- th- do you remember reading about any number, like the number of people or any no. estimate? Yeah, I'd be interested in that because that's uh, he
2: probably killed everyone I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was in there.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I just I wonder how many were I mean, I'm sure since it was the whole thing like you yeah. know, gathering or whatever, that it was a good amount, which is. Yeah, and, cool. and they
2: probably never ever suspected him because I mean, he's yeah. a twelve-year-old kid like, yeah. <laughs> who plays the violin. Yeah. And it,
0: it is very similar to the movie. Like honestly, I wonder Maybe if there's some. True. Yeah, if it? there's some, I you to look into that because
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's one of my favorite movies. I love, mm-hmm. I love the uh, protagonist in it, the, the French chick. French chick. Yeah. Yeah, she's mm. uh, she's really cool in that. She dies in that one too, but at least it was like a whole theater went yeah. down and Hitler got machine gunned unnecessarily like a hundred more bullets after he was already dead.
2: Yeah. I mean, this. Is I just, mean,
0: necessarily, I guess. would.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is just a little part of like a little victory. Yeah. From that time. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a badass. Like he has like, there's a picture of him online with like a big gun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And he got, he got revenge from, and the Nazis, so yeah, that's very cool.
0: Definitely fills uh, the what's the word? <laughs> it just it fills this category of um, badass kids, probably more than any I've ever heard. Yeah, because I mean, mine like okay, so I have mine's the present because it happened, I, I believe, last month, and uh, it's it's actually mostly about um, what was happening to a group of kids, and one of the kids um, kind of help to them all okay um and it it doesn't really center around the kid it's more just like
2: am i going to be really angry
0: probably okay (laughs) i mean um it's along the lines of like favorite murder or some like type of uh story okay um although um well i'll just get into it and with the headline which is house of horrors parents (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, good start. That's what they
0: were called in multiple... Um, I used um, a, a People article, an ABC article, even Fox News, who I'm not really a fan of, but... <laughs> I
2: mean, you yeah. gotta...
0: Yeah, I gotta get the sources somewhere. And actually, that's the article where they were kind of like a little fear-mongering, like some of the words that they are using. It, mm. Like, you know, anyways. That part doesn't matter. Um, so... I'll just kind of read a synopsis of, of what happened and uh Okay. So this was set in uh, in California. Uh prosecutors in Riverside County in California.
2: Isn't Riverside famous? Isn't that in like Los Angeles or some or some shit like that? Um
0: I think it's near I think they're yeah, seventy miles east of LA is where um the home of this house of horror parents <laughs> House of Horrors parents. So um Prosecutors in Riverside County in California charged David and Louise Turpin with multiple felony counts of torture, child abuse, abuse of dependent adults, and false imprisonment uh, for horrific crimes allegedly committed against their 13 children.
2: Oh, but you should not be having 13 <laughs> yeah, children.
0: I know, That's I, that should be one of the crimes, really having double-digit like, did, children.
2: <laughs> like, do they not know about condoms or the withdrawal? Because I understand I people, because like, like, my grandma had 13 kids, but that's yeah. like all Mexican way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, it's modern times, man. Yeah,
0: and when you, I'll show you them later. They don't look Mexican, so it's one of the stereotypes that they didn't. <laughs> they, it, it's not just a Mexican stereotype. They're not. Okay, so the 56-year-old father and the 49-year-old mother Okay. could face up to 94 years to life in prison if convicted of the charges. Okay. The tr- uh, their children, ranging in age from 2 to 29, what the fuck? were malnourished and appeared to have undergone years of abuse and starvation, said the authorities. Mm. Yeah. Um, when sh- It gets worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> when Sheriff's deputies arrived at the home in the city of Paris, but it's P E R R I S, so it's not cool.
2: Ah, uh, it's annoying. Yeah,
0: about seventy miles east of L.A. They said they found the other twelve children, including three who were in chains, in dark, dirty, and foul-smelling surroundings.
2: Okay, my my, my psychology brain is going now because what uh, was her name? Jeannie? She was like a girl that like was tied up for most of her life and mm-hmm. like. She had to stay in a room, and because of that, she was, like, very cognitively delayed. Oh, yeah. well,
0: trust- there's yeah. a little bit of that here, too. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, the chains, like, chained to the bed, too, like, handmaid's tale style, except they're kids. Yeah. So even worse, if you can imagine that. Um, police also began to interview the neighbors. So some of the neighbors reported having seen the children appearing to be extremely pale and thin. Um, one neighbor told police the children looked as if they were invisible.
2: Okay, you're going a little too far. There. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, I don't know. I mean, maybe they, their skin tone was kind of like.
2: I, I mean, it could be like pale, but not secret.
0: <laughs> They're <were> invisible. <laughs> They're not frogs. They're opaque, the Conan. Um, <laughs> the paternal grand uh, grandmother of the 13 children told police she hadn't seen them in five years. So, I, I mean, I guess that. I mean, some, some...
2: Wait, did she live in the same areas then, though? I
0: don't know. I don't think it's said, but I I mean, I'm assuming it was noteful because maybe they, she had seen them, you know, before the five years ago, maybe they were a little bit closer or something. Yeah. And there is something later on in the article saying that they, um, they had, they started to become more estranged from their families like the parents did after mm-hmm. they were, uh, like after 40, after age 40 or something. So mm-hmm. I think there's something like that later, but, um... So, um, prosecutors allege the Turpins denied their children food while eating healthy amounts themselves, which you'll see, and only allowed them to take one shower a year. What? (laughs) Yeah.
2: I'd be like, no, fuck you guys. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean.
2: What are we in, like, freaking French Revolution times (laughs) and they're the monarchs?
0: I guess. I mean, was that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, they're the history person, Yeah. So most of the siblings were unfamiliar with how to even use a toothbrush. Yeah. So that's kind of what you were talking about, how like developmentally they don't know the basic things. Sometimes, well, if you don't or... teach
2: them how to use a toothbrush, how <laughs> yeah. do they learn how to use a toothbrush?
0: And they're from two to twenty-nine, so you can imagine. I mean, if this has been going on for years. Yeah. Um, I I think, uh, um, okay. So I'll get to the hero of the story, the the, the badass kid. Okay. The hero of this story, um is the 17 year old girl who escaped from the Turpin home and she used a disconnected cell phone. Like it wasn't unactivated, but I know like you can still make emergency calls Mm -hmm. on those. So she called 911. Um, so she was able to, to do that. And, um, I think she showed them pictures and stuff of, Mm -hmm. of the inside of the house and told them what was going on. And, you know, um, yeah, the, all the, the shitty things yeah. that are
2: happening to her and her family. Yeah,
0: and um, I, I was try I was looking at, like multiple, um, like different articles, trying to find her name, and I couldn't find her name anywhere. Just to like give her credit for her badassness, <laughs> but
2: I'm sure, um, she, I'm sure they. Like,
0: I know <laughs> that I, it, I think it is like discoverable, because apparently there was a thing where she had, like, a YouTube channel or something at some point, and...
2: So they had the internet, and <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I don't know if this... Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it's weird, right? Um, the priorities
2: people have these days. <laughs> yes.
0: <Yeah. laughs> I mean, don't take a shower uh, for another 300 days, but you can go ahead and do Oh, God,
2: some just YouTube. the shower part, man. Like, you... Like, <laughs> earlier, you some said, Lux like, uh, you... Remember, earlier, it was, like, after taking a shower is, like, the best feeling, because mm-hmm. you're clean.
0: Especially when it's hot out there. I mean, California too. Yeah. Like I, I mean, so they're humid, inside. Yeah. Like I mean, so still, hot. yeah. That's just uh, yeah. So that's pretty much the worst of it. Um, the latest part, um, the the Turpins, they pleaded not guilty to the charges against them. They face <laughs> yeah they face up to life in prison if convicted, which I'm sure. Um, you know, it's probably not going to be that hard with the 17 year old witness and the neighbors saying that they look like ghosts or whatever. And, yeah. And the cops and, and the pictures and all the evidence, but I don't know why <laughs> they would plead not guilty, but yeah. you know, it's just the way it is. <clears throat> um, were you going to say something?
2: Well, no, I'm just thinking of, like, the kids, like, developmentally. Because I was thinking, like, well, I mean, the older kids, like teenagers and stuff like that, I mean, they basically, I wouldn't say screwed, but they're less likely to, um, come back from this and become Mm -hmm. like, quote unquote, normal, um, citizens of society without some kind of like help, like some kind of care or something like that. And you said there was a two-year-old. So I'm thinking, well, maybe Mm -hmm. the two-year-old can make it.
0: Well, actually, I, I don't think I have it in here, but I remember reading that they said that the only the youngest one was like the one that was okay. Like not malnourished, I guess. Yeah. So at least that. But
2: but still good okay. job. But still, like as a two year old, I, I, like it depends what kind of like interaction they they had with like other people. Yeah. In those years, it's crucial to like you know have interactions with people so they feel like they're secure in their environment.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and then so one of the other kind of things I thought about when I was reading this is. The first article that I read about it was the Fox News one, where it was talking about how there was a lack of heroes in this story, like no, like none of the what? neighbors, like none of the, Well, I understand like the yeah. neighbors not saying anything. I understand that part. So it kind of reminded me of the of the bystander effect. Yeah, which is another psychological um, term. Phenomenon. That, yeah, phenomenon yeah. that we've both studied before, and I just kind of looked up, you know, for.
2: And I know, think like even if we do know it. And we're like, yeah. oh, we're going to be better people because we're we're if we see something, we're going to like do yeah. something about it. But sometimes I have moments where like I see like something that's like going on that's like beyond my control, and I'm like, I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure someone else will take care of it. Yeah. but really, no one does.
0: And I and I I put down what exactly it is, just in case anyone ever hears this. <laughs> the bystander effect is basically when there's. It means the greater number of people that are present, the less likely people are to help a person in distress. Yeah. So like, yeah. Because
2: you think, oh, someone else will
0: do it or someone else will call 911 or someone else will help him, this guy that's choking on the ground, you know.
2: And you know, and that's part of the reason, like, I've heard that, like, if you ever, like, see an accident and you, like, go help and there are other people around, like, you have to be like, you go call 911 Mm -hmm. because if you go, like... Someone call yeah. Someone, yeah. Yeah, no one's gonna call number one.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is a good tip. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was like, what I what kind of made me think of because there was neighbors obviously around and they didn't do anything. The family is like I don't understand like the outside family, like the grandparents or something, not checking in enough or whatever. You know that's. That kind of sucks. The, the bystander effect for the neighbors, I guess I could kind of understand. But after mm-hmm. a certain point, when you see them that for that long,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it just kind of sucks. And good thing that that, that 17-year-old girl got out and, yeah. and, and said something and saved all the kids before. I mean, one of them, I'm sure, would have died from all this horrible things.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: So um, I think the latest I saw was they were setting a hearing for May 2nd. Mm. Today's the eighteenth, so it was a, a couple weeks ago. So it's it's relatively present, I would say.
2: I'm sure like the the is gonna take like ten minutes to to, to decide yeah. if they're guilty or not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um and so now just to kind of wrap it up, there's just some interesting facts about the couple that I saw. Um I saw these on uh one of the sites I was looking at. It, um I believe it was the people uh people magazine article. So, number one, um, when they got married, David was 23 and Louise was 16. Is that legal? So, <laughs> um I mean, it was in Virginia, so maybe. <laughs> I don't know how that works.
2: I mean, I feel like you need to get your parents' permission to do that. Yeah, right?
0: I, maybe. Yeah, it might have been. I mean, at the time. Um, but
2: that's so weird, though. It's still kind of strange. Yeah. You know,
0: 16... Um, But, uh, yeah, they lived in Virginia. I believe they lived in Texas for a while, too. Mm -hmm. And then they went up to California, and that's where all this crap happened. Um, Number two is my—actually, okay, um, this one's (laughs) a pretty funny fact. Um, I'll just get into this one. So they distanced themselves from relatives and renewed vows to each other three times according to the Las Vegas Elvis impersonator who presided over each ceremony.
2: <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> right.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I to <laughs> Was that your impression? Yeah,
2: it sounded great. I tried.
0: Oh. <laughs> that was good, Mindy. That was you, right? Shut up. How'd you get your voice that low? Anyways, um, so that that was my favorite part of this whole story. <laughs> Um, and then more to this as Louise was approaching 40, the couple stopped attending church and, and they said they were experimenting with different religions, which is not usually a good sign. Mm. Um, they also allegedly started going out to bars, uh, when, uh, before they had never even taken a sip of alcohol. So it's kind of like, that's also a mistake. How do you not have alcohol when, until you're like 40 something? <laughs> um, mm. and then, um, Louise Turpin's sister on the Megyn Kelly Today Show Mm -hmm. uh, said that a couple had experimented with different religions and with swinging. Well, I mean, just
2: because, I mean, all these, like, (laughs) factors, they don't necessarily mean you're going to be shitty parents, but...
0: But they help. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, swinging is something that, I mean... You've considered... (laughs) we'll talk about it later. <laughs> but, um... Stupid. No, but it, it's just, you know, something you just agree upon in a relationship and, like, yeah. experimenting with your But, I relations. mean, you...
0: Is, th- like, 13 kids not enough? <laughs> like, the excitement in your life? I don't know. I guess not for them. Yeah. Oh, and that leads me to my third fact. Oh, okay. Third and last fact. Louise apparently wanted another child.
2: Oh. <laughs> I guess 13 is not enough then. To...
0: No. Louise admired reality TV mom Kate Gosselin
2: oh, Jesus of the Christ. Kate Plus
0: 8 show. <laughs> now this is leading. This is a direct sign that you're going to be a shitty parent, I think. Uh, yeah, so Kate Goslin is, you know, the Kate Plus 8 show, yeah. mother of sex and twin daughters. And uh, she had mentioned the Kate Plus 8 show, that it was a cool reality show. Um, what, I,
2: <laughs> what, why couldn't you just, like, try to be, like... Um, I don't know, like Master Chef, be an <laughs> awesome cook right? instead of having All 13 kids.
0: Um, her sister recalled, I think deep down that is what she wanted. The last conversation we had on the phone, she had mentioned David is looking into a school bus because their 15-seat van is filled up.
2: Wait, so they, <laughs> so how do they get away from the school system, though? I feel like... Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good there's, question. There's a thing called Child Fund, and like it, it basically is a... Well, I mean, maybe it's different in, California, but, like, they go and find kids that might need, like, special services because maybe they may have a speech impediment later, or they have autism, and so they, like, get them and get them into, like, Mm pre-K schools before, um, so they can help them have, like, start early intervention.
0: Mm -hmm. So,
2: I feel like the school need to have...
0: Yeah, someone dropped the ball there. Yeah. I didn't see anything on all the things I was reading about, any, like, questioning what's going on. Maybe they all Maybe they just said they were homeschooling all of them or something. And but then you said, the someone
2: has to check, though, oh, okay. on the curriculum if they're learning everything because there's yeah. a certain like there's certain things like homeschool kids need to learn, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. So the latest um, there was an ABC News um, article uh, recently, and it just said some of the 13 siblings are starting to make plans for their future. Their minds are just being open to having a choice and not being so controlled. The young uh the young adult victims are now getting up and making the day happen for themselves, getting out of bed and deciding what they want to eat. They're starting from very elementary stuff, she said, but they've progressed very, very well. So I'm, here I'm is, very impressed by that. Yeah, and here is a picture of um of all the kids with their faces blurred out, of course.
1: Yeah.
0: And for some reason all dressed in thing one, thing two, all the way to thing <laughs> thirteen, I guess. Um, hmm. these are the kids. Uh I mean I don't know when this was from or what, but mm-hmm. um that's one of the pictures I saw and now I'll get ready to see the couple. And that is
2: <laughs> The <That> haircut though. <laughs> yeah. That guy what, <sighs> what?
0: Yeah. I guess he's stuck in
2: the past or something. If we
0: like end up ever posting this, we'll need to put this up somewhere on a on a page 'cause yeah. I and mean she or look just like the witch up. in yeah. the in
2: the picture. I mean she kind
0: of is. Um yeah. if you want to look them up yourself, it's David and Louise Turbin. Uh Turpin.
2: Turpin? Turpin,
0: not Turpin. T-U-R-P-I-N. Um and their mugshot. He looks like uh, he has a dumb and dumber haircut, but yeah. but complete with um, what what is it called when you just have sideburn hair? I don't know. Like he just has, <laughs> it's just a full helmet, but with uh,
2: uh I was gonna say like a bowl haircut, but longer.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bowl haircut with the sides are long enough to, uh, make it's, it's like Velma from Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Imagine that, but like dirty blonde. And, and then uh, for the other one, imagine just a horrible witch with gray hair, gray black hair. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's them. So hopefully, I mean, everything turns I, I, out. Right. I'd be
2: very curious to see how they are cognitively and adaptively. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's great that they all made it out and everything, and and, and that was the. Yeah. Uh, the
2: well, present. They're, they're going to so, need a lot of like help, though.
1: Yeah. Definitely psychological,
2: Mm -hmm. especially for the older kids. Like, they're they're they must be so like cognitively low,
0: yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, that was Uh, the horror house of horror parents.
2: uh, That was a bummer, but I'm glad they're out. Yeah,
0: it's it's not it's not all that bad once you see that the kids are doing better, but just imagine being chained like this crazy, yeah. Um,
2: I guess these both our stories have kind of have kind of good endings. Well, yours has a good ending mm-hmm. and mine had a good ending until years later.
0: Yeah, but I mean it's still, yeah it's still pretty cool that, <laughs> like,
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if, if I did this at 12 and I did it at 14, I mean, that'd be good Yeah, that's worth it. Yeah
0: yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I guess that was, that's our first episode. Was, yeah we like to thank our sponsors um, um my mom. Charmin.
2: <laughs> Char- Charmin. <laughs>
0: Do they sponsor podcasts?
2: Um I mean I, I, if like they sponsored this, I wouldn't be opposed to it. a lot of toilet paper.
0: That's <laughs> true. Yeah. I, I mean don't... if we can get Svedka on board the Svedka vodka. Oh yeah. Svedka if you're out there listening to our podcast.
2: Or anyone.
0: <laughs> anyone unless as long as you're not a Nazi or uh you don't train your they... children to your beds. Or a racist? Um, or contact us. Yeah, we'll have a page. Just
2: be a dick, and then if you if you want to sponsor us, go. Ahead. Feel free to do it. But it's your money. I mean, oh, yeah. Just, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get out of here. We don't have a, a going out phrase yet, a, a sign off. But well, let's it, let's clink our glasses.
2: And I don't have anything.
0: And move our asses. Okay, bye. Bye.